y'all. Happy New Year and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, the guys share some holiday activities such as games played and appliances repaired. They reveal the end of the year survey results and we hear how Rodney Smith is single-handedly ruining the board game hobby. Wait, what? Well, we really don't think that, but it was just clickbait to get people to check out the episode. I can't believe the things you do to get people to listen. Welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the first episode of the year 2021. My name is Marty. This is Tony. And the name of this episode is... Holy crap. No, it's not. There's no such song as holy crap. Thank you very much. The name of this episode is, and I know we've used it before, but Tony says, I don't give a crap. We're using it again. It's called, We Are the Champions. No, you're not. I am. I am the champion. We gladiators in the arena. Four years straight, baby. Four Pete. Dynasty, we're talking the Yankees of the late 70s, the big red machine, the Lakers, UCLA. You pick a sports team that had a (laughs) dynasty, and we, the gladiators in the arena, have the same streak going for years. The squirrel suit, if we go to Gen Con, is being packed. I got nothing to say. You you can gloat all you want. I have no cute comebacks. I have no quips. I have no excuses. I, I assembled what I thought was one of the best teams for our Robinsberger Digital Online Strike Tournament. Thank you, Robinsberger, for sponsoring this. Tony and I put together eight incredible players for each side. This is, if you want to go know what we're talking about, this is on their YouTube channel. You can go back and replay our magnificent strike tournament. I thought I'd put together an all-star team, and they were. You know, sometimes the dice just don't roll that well, and uh, yeah, whatever. That's it. I'm done. Go ahead. Gloat. Talk whatever you want. I'm not going to gloat. I don't need to gloat. People, I mean, if you win <laughs> once, you need to gloat. If you win twice, you gloat a little bit more. But four times, it gets old about bragging how great you are. <laughs> Gosh. I, my team was amazing. I had my, my returning champ, um, BJ from Boardgate Gumbo, coming in. I thought he was going to carry us through, but he was out in the first round of the Dice. First round, gone. But hey, but that he was battling other great gladiators because the way it was set up, Marty pitted his eight against each other, and I pitted my eight against each other, and they played into a semifinals, and then we got into a finals of two gladiators against two of those incredible dice in the bowl chuckleheads, and it was um, just an amazing thing. Yeah, I agree with you, Ravensburger, Paula, and PJ. Cassidy, what they did to pull that off. I mean, Paula could teach us a thing about Twitch or two. Yes, she could. Uh, They all did an amazing job. And also, they did it uh, for charity. They gave over $10,000 to charity. They gave money to the winners. They gave money to each person that uh, participated in the event, which was a surprise. They gave out a lot of prizes to those who were watching and participating. A lot of strike games were given out. Mm -hmm. It It was an amazing event. What I don't understand, Marty, is once again, you had victory firmly in front of you and david waybright choked so david waybright uh along with isaac vega uh were the two that was in the finals for me david had been playing a good game but then all of a sudden i come to find out he'd been drinking a little bit on the side and had lost some of his senses and decided to push his luck at a point in the game which was critical and probably cost the entire championship yes i, I would completely agree with that 
You should have had him tested before he walked into the arena. <laughs> plain, plain and simple, the man was under. He, 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 was, he was just under. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> he was under the table. Um, and what's amazing is, is that uh, it wasn't even the final two were your two players. Uh, in the championship game, there were two from each side, uh-huh. and the dice in a bowl uh, representatives were the first two knocked out. So then it was just like, uh, which of the other two were going to win? And, and Tony, you're going to pull a ringer in off the street to take the entire championship. Somebody who's never been to our event or even played the game. I, well, that just shows you the amount of capability and skill that you need to bring. Rhea Magdalena ended up mm-hmm. being the champion. That was the person who uh, Ravensburger brought in. He's a voice actor. He's uh, He does some acting and stuff. And your other co-champion, I'll say co-champion because they're sharing mm-hmm. it, was Crystal Dax, who has been a huge supporter of, of Stripe from day one. And Crystal came dressed to the nines. She had on a gladiator outfit during the whole time, which I mm-hmm. know put her in the theme, put her in the zone, got her to the finals, and the dice were not kind to her. But probably one my the biggest thing, other than being a winner, thing that I take away from this was what happened on my side in the first round. And please go watch this, everyone. Please go watch this because you will get to watch. The quickest exit from the arena ever. <laughs> Let's just say the Watch It Played crew watch it played the rest of the night. <laughs> so, from the Watch It Played channel, we had uh, Paula Deming, Chaz Marler, Rodney Smith, and uh, we were dumb. We should have asked Matthew Jude in on this too. We should have got him in to go ahead and have all four wiped out. All of them lost in the first round. But one of them, like you said, Tony, <laughs> basically <laughs> had one roll and they were out for the rest of the game. <laughs> it was. I felt so bad for them. But I appreciated your uh, commentary to make sure you brought them back <laughs> to talk and make sure they were okay and they weren't suffering too much. But but that individual did hang around and um, uh, participated at the end. But once again, thanks to everybody. I hope in this year coming that we will be at Gen Con. We will be at the Spaghetti Factory uh, for a Thursday night and we'll have it all figured out. I, uh, I hope the vaccines are rolling out and we can all be together and we can have that event. It's amazing. All hundred shoot after this, who knows? We might be able to take the whole place. I don't think there's enough strike boxes in the world that could take over the whole spaghetti factory, but who knows what can happen in 2021. Yeah, I think uh, Robinsburg has helped us out there because actually one of the issues we had in the past, Tony, was just finding copies of the game. But now that it's readily out there, available at Target and you know everywhere, we could just bring in a whole bunch of copies. And then who knows, maybe they could bring in copies and, and work it out to where we give those away at the end or something like that. So yes, I think, believe you've already reserved the room. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I reserved yeah. the room. Who knows? Like you said, maybe we could work out some spaghetti factory to take up an even bigger space. Maybe we have a room for the gladiators and a room for the dice people. <laughs> and then at the end, we all just kind of merge and meet for the championship in the middle. Who knows? Oh, okay. So I'll have the restaurant and you'll have the broom closet. Okay. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And by the way, the uh, the other person who made it to the, uh, the, the finals for uh, Dice in the Bowl was Isaac Vega. Thanks for him jumping on board and playing. And I'm very excited because Isaac Vega's uh, a game, Ashes, is coming back this month 
from mm-hmm. Plat Hat Games. I'm excited to see Ashes Reborn is what they're calling it. So I'm anxious to see what they're doing with that. They've re- retweaked a lot of the rules, made it easier to play. It's less uh, it's less complicated. They, they fixed some issues that they had. That's going to be rolling out soon. So keep an eye on it. But thanks. Thanks. To, again, thanks to everybody who participated. It was just an amazing event. Oh, it, it absolutely was. And I can't wait for you to get Ashes so I can play it. And I'll just play your copy. <laughs> Because <laughs> you sold yours. I did back the uh, uh, thing from Team Covenant where they give you the supplement for like 30 bucks. They give you all the replacement cards. So I have my original cards and I'll replace them with those. And we're also going to get a just a starter box. So we'll have two sets here to play if if you want to play. Um, and who knows? So yeah. Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get the bug again to go play that game. I enjoyed it when we did. I mm-hmm. showed up on a feed. Oh, uh, one of my Google this year, this date in time, and it had a picture of me and Rodney and you, and I think your son was with us and Isaac walking to the venue where we had the tournament. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yep. And that was it was Origins. at a little games shop in Origins. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you one thing about 2021. What's that? It has come at me like 2020. I mean, it has been awesome. I mean, you you and I were supposed to get together on Saturday and get some mm-hmm. games in. We, yep. we've been, we've been isolated. We've been with just our families taking everything safe and to the point where even I love this up until two days before my whole family decided that they were not coming for Christmas. But anyway, my microwave decided to die Friday night. I don't know. Have you ever tried to live without a microwave? That's a great question, Tony. I can answer that. Uh, at the beginning of, was it last year or end of it? Yes. We had a microwave downstairs in the basement. Our one upstairs broke and it's one of those mounted that's inside. So they're more expensive because they don't have the vent uh, on mm-hmm. the outside. They're vented differently. So I just don't feel like paying for this. So we were going up and down the stairs, constantly having to microwave. Yes. You get to rely on those things. And you don't realize how much you rely on it. Right. Especially when it's over the holidays. How am I going to reheat lunch? Oh, break out the pots, break out the pans. Oh my heavens, got to you know, and and you and then you say, oh, poor poor people, not have not having your microwave. It's one of those things in life that you just don't realize. So mm-hmm. I contact you and Bert, and I say, I can't make it, guys. <laughs> I got to get this thing fixed, and it's in a cabinet. And so Donna, on the next day before I rip it all down and put in a new one and go buy a new one, she googles and YouTube's and looks for it. And this guy says, there's three common failures to these Frigidaire Galaxy microwaves. Mm-hmm. He says, it's a, it could be a fuse. It can be a switch in the door handle, or it could be a loose wire. He goes, that's common with these. And he says, so what you need to do is you need to take the vent plate off the front of it, mm-hmm. which in itself was a challenge because I had to drop the microwave down almost out of the cabinet, mm-hmm. unscrew the vent plate, pull that off, then I had to pull the t- um, touch panel off and I could see the fuse and I had to put my electrical engineering degree to work, Marty. Nice. And I, I, the fuse was good. So then I started looking at the switches in the handle. But what the microwave was doing was it was tripping the breaker in the garage. And I'm like, this makes no sense to me. How could this little contact switch be tripping the breaker in the garage? I ask you, Mr. Engineer. Uh, if it's shorted to the case or something like that, or to the microwave itself? I guess. There's, oh, I so, thought you knew the reason. I thought you was like a test or something. I don't know, dude. 
I'm like, why is this? So I pull them out and I'm testing them and I had to go read my um, resistance meter, my own meter and figure out how to work at that again. I haven't used it in forever. It's amazing how things leave you. And sure enough, this one little switch after four hours of trying to get to it and get it out and, and take pictures and everything was bad. It came today. I've already fixed it. $5. There you go, man. Now, you asked me, why do the show notes say, I miss Radio Shack? Okay, Tony, uh, why do the show notes say, I miss Radio Shack? Because nowhere in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, could I get this switch on a Saturday. No, oh, yeah. I, I had to order it on Amazon. Yep. You, when it comes to parts like that, just I come to realize it's like, I'm just going to have to order online and get it. When our microwave went out the first time, the, there's a there's something called a wave guide that was bad that was inside the microwave and I replaced it, but it only lasted about a year and it was bad again. Hey, but yours was way cheaper than mine from a glass salt mm-hmm. shaker falling out of the cabinet <laughs> onto our glass cooktop and cracking it and having to get that replaced. Yeah, how'd that go for you after what was it? What was it? Is either get a new one, take six months, and get or get a replacement and take a month. So replacements, they don't even make. They, this is so old. This was with the original with the house. So the house is sixteen years old. It's like, yeah, we don't even make those things anymore. So just g- go get one. So we go to Lowe's, and it's like, well, what's the dimensions of the cutout? And kind of figured it out. And it's like, yeah, so that's going to be like twelve hundred dollars. Like, good gosh! And it's like, oh, because of COVID, nobody's making these things, so they're hard to get. So you're going to have to wait like a month. So great. So without a cook, talking about tough, mm-hmm. don't have a microwave, don't have a cooktop, then what are you doing? So again, we have a small one down in the basement, so we're using it. So it's like, okay, just by chance, is there one on Amazon? Sure enough, there's one on Amazon. So I get on Amazon one that's $300 less. It's like, sweet. I'll take that one. It'll be here in three days. Three days go by. I get an update from UPS. It's sitting in Monroe, which is about 10 minutes from my house. Sweet. Supposed to arrive today. All of a sudden, I get a notice saying, yeah, something's happened. We're going to ship it to you. We're going to give you a refund. Like, what, what do you mean? So I contact Amazon. What's going on? Oh, it's showing that it's sitting in the warehouse. Just wait. Wait another day. Amazon, what's going on? It says it's showing in the warehouse. Just wait. Contact UPS. What's going on? Uh, it should be there. It's showing that it's been sitting there for two days. Contact Amazon again. Yeah, we're just going to give you a refund. It's like, oh my gosh. So what happens? I say, what happens if it shows up? It's like, we're giving you a refund. What happens if it shows up? We're giving you a refund. It's like, okay, are you telling me that if it shows up, I just basically get a free stovetop, but I can't guarantee that I'm actually going to get it. So let me order another one. And luckily that one came in and it fit in like a glove. Except, oh my gosh, it's always something, isn't it? It is. So we 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 put in the stovetop, and it has a conduit. Now the stovetop uses two forty volts, and there's a there's a flexible conduit that runs down to a junction box underneath. Well, the previous (laughs) the previous stovetop had the flex hose running from the left side underneath down to the junction box on the bottom. Well, it did, Marty. Yes, guess where the conduit is on this one? Well, obviously, it's going to be consistent and be on the left side, too. Oh, no, it's on the right side where the conduit is now no longer long enough to get to the junction box on the other side. I'm going, how do you extend conduit? And I'm sitting there, and I'm staring at it and like, screw it. So I go to Lowe's, and I said, I want three one-foot, eight-gauge wire of black 
green and red. He looked at me, he said, you just want one foot? I said, that's all I need. Are you sure? That's like 60 cents. Give me one foot. So he gives me a foot and then I buy the wire nuts. And oh basically I, I wire nut the three pairs of wires together and then tape those down and extend that to inside the junction box where I have to wire knot those inside the junction box. And I'm sitting there going, please, Lord, let me have put those wire nuts on really well because that, that's not in conduit anymore. But I taped everything up really well, so I think it's fine. So, yeah, it's like, why couldn't it just been the, con- the hose been on the left side, like where the other one was? So it's never easy. It, it isn't. It really isn't. You're like, oh, what do I need to do? I remember having to put in a new um, microwave stove at the old house, and it was a quarter of an inch too big for the cabinet, and I had to cut that cabinet. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. And it's, oh, if you chip the enamel or whatever, it will, I was just like, oh, please, just make this go away. But you're right. Home repairs are so much fun. Plain and simple. But this is really cool. So again, the stovetop we got was still three, $400 less, but we got an induction stove. Ooh. Have you ever seen those before? You know how those things work? Uh, induction as in the, the coils are uh, solid or what? Yeah, I think so. So, so, you know, typical, you know, even with a, a typical ceramic or glass top stoves, you got an element that heats up underneath and heats the pot on top. So here, Mr. Electrical Engineer going back, what happens is, is you have a, a, a coil that's mm-hmm. underneath the a ceramic. And then if you put a ferrous pot on top of it, then you basically got yourself a transformer. So the current from the coil introduces eddy currents inside of the pot and heats it up and it heats it up fast. In fact, Vanessa was stunned today. She was going to make some um, oatmeal. She put in one cup of water turned it on. She says within 60 seconds, the water was boiling. That's how fast that sucker heats up. But the surface doesn't get hot. It's the pot that's getting hot. And then if anything spills over, it doesn't cook on the surface because that's not the hot part. Look at you. Isn't that cool? And then there's these little neoprene mats I bought to protect it from being scratched. And they're really thin, maybe two or three millimeters. They're just rubber. They just sit on top just to protect it from scratching. Again, it doesn't matter because it's just the magnetic field that's introduced by the coil that's underneath that basically heats up the pot. And it had to, now we did have to buy new pots because the pots had to be magnetic. It has to be a ferrous material on the bottom of the pot or it won't work. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know what? This is not a how to fix your home show. This is not a long moment <laughs> Wait a show. Minute, hold on. Let me look at the clock. Yeah, 21 minutes. Maybe we should have held off on our survey till after this one because people, a lot of people in our survey that we're going to talk about going, I just love y'all's banter, even when it's not about board games. They're regretting saying that right now. Yeah, they are. I didn't know I was listening to click and clack of home repair over here. And all I wanted to just say is, I miss Radio Shack because I couldn't go get a switch (laughs) that day. Okay. Did you like just as a kid going into Radio Shack and looking around? Oh, man, I got kicked out for playing on the TRS-80s all the time. (laughs) What was the name of the brand of stereo equipment they had? Oh, oh, Realtek? No, close. Realistic? Ding, 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 ding. I got me a realistic stereo over there. (laughs) 
Nice. With dual cassette tapes. Look at that. I can dub a cassette. I can make a mixtape for my girlfriend. And then I think my sister had one of the uh, players that when you'd open it up, the speakers were built into the case. To me, and it may not have been to you, what was the most annoying thing about going to Radio Shack? Battery of the Month Club? No, that's not annoying. That's cool. Okay. No. What was when it? you check out, you just couldn't go up and just pay for it and walk. No. What's your name? What's your phone number? Remember, they have to fill out like a receipt. I'm buying a 30-cent fuse. Why do you have to fill all this stuff out? It took five minutes to check out, and they did that forever, even before they went out of business. Rest in peace, Radio Shack. Uh, well, you know, I would have done anything to be able to fill out that receipt for five minutes to get my switch. You know, uh, that's fine. That's fine. But hey, <laughs> we didn't get to play games but together, but we did get to play games over the holiday. And uh, real quick, I want to touch on it. My daughter is still reigning uh, Ticket to Ride champ. We played that, of course. Just the base game still? Well, that's all her grandmother knows how, enjoys playing. And we, and we okay. always play it with her. Donna's parents did come up, even though my family canceled on Christmas. Um, it was hilarious. Once again, Rebecca, Rebecca could play in a championship. She almost by 10 points slapped her grandmother in scoring. I was 15 points behind her and Donna was a distant third, but something about that, that girl loves that game and she plays it. So, so once again, yeah, just the base ticket to ride. I couldn't get wingspan on the table and we'll talk about that in a minute. Just, just a second though on Ticket to Ride. Is she a cutthroat Ticket to Ride player where she's going to be cutting off your routes and stuff? She will not do that with her with her grandmother playing. Okay, but if it's me and Donna, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh it's going <laughs> to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. Speaking of classic games, you and Donna are huge fans of Carcassonne, right? Yes. Did you see this tease of this mm-hmm. new version of Carcassonne that may be coming out this year? And I immediately thought of you and Donna. If that's like an upgraded anniversary edition of Carcassonne, you got to have that. Oh, I will. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, And I hope it's better than like nothing against the what was the anniversary edition recently of Settlers of Catan 25. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not $5, it an, people. It's not $5. Yeah, it, it was an anniversary edition. There you go. Yeah, it was an anniversary edition that just... It wasn't a lot to it. Yes, I would. I'd like to see that anniversary edition. And yes, it will be added if it provides like the ships in Puerto Rico for their anniversary edition or mm. something else. You know, something yeah. that makes it makes it worthy. Didn't you buy the ticket to ride a, a special edition of that mm-hmm. one with the metal trains? Was that worth it? Oh yeah. That's the one we played on. Huge map, nice little yep. uh, cars, uh, cars with little giraffe heads out of it and coal cars and all kinds of things. I think the uh, the nice thing about that, we, again, we don't know anything about what's going to be in this box, but if it includes some expansions, that would make it so worth it at that point. Mm-hmm. I agree. A, a nice bag, which I, I think they give it, or just a way to sort everything. Mm-hmm. Now that's going to hurt the broken token with their... Organizers that you can buy at thebrokentoken.com. It's not time for the commercial spot yet. Oh, my bad. I'll stop. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, this is this will be something I need to plan for. Yep. Now, you, you did mention about um, uh, Wingspan. You didn't get a chance to get it to the table. But I, too, did not get a chance to play Wingspan because you have the copy that we share and I, I don't get to play it. But I did play the new version that came out on the Switch. And this is from developer Monster Couch. And I also released a YouTube video uh, doing a review of it. So if you want to, you can go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, it's YouTube slash Roll Dice Take Names. And uh, I must say, Tony, of all the board game apps I've reviewed, and I've reviewed about seven or eight made videos of them now, 
This is up there with Raiders of the North Sea. Mm. It's good. It is really good. Yeah, I need to download it, and then we need to play it. Yep. Uh, it's just the it's just the extra touches they did with Raiders of the North Sea. I loved it because it wasn't like they just put the board in the middle of the on the screen and you're playing it. So you know, in uh, Wingspan, you got three different habitats. You know, the wildlands, etc. You got on the on the player board, you got the three rows uh, to put your cards and everything mm-hmm. on Wingspan. Well, here. Uh, each habitat's a different screen. So you toggle between the forest when you want to mm. go and get more food, or you go to the uh, the wetlands when you want to draw more cards. And then the whole background changes. The music is really good. The birds on the cards are animated. So when they're in your play area, you know, the wings kind of slightly mm. move and stuff. It just It is just a solid, solid conversion to the Switch. So you played the solo version. I played the solo version. Also has the Automa version, uh, mm. which is like a solo version on the in the physical game. That's in there. I played. I started the game with our friend Atticus, mm-hmm. uh, and he was on. It was cool. It's cross platform compatible. So he was playing on Steam. I was playing on the Switch. No issues. But I accidentally let the game time out. So good game, Atticus. You won. And then you could play in uh, real time, which each person takes five minutes to take their turn. Okay. Well, you and I need to plan that on the time version or the asynchronous play. Does mm-hmm. it allow you to have like up to seven days like uh, other games? It's only 24. They, they, that's one thing. It's not adjustable. Ugh. It's only you have 24 hours to take your turn on the asynchronous mode. At this point, it's not adjustable. Uh, oh, I'm fine with 24 hours, but I, it's not like I have to within my 24 hours, I have to play all my turns. Oh, no, 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 no. It's I take a turn. Then you got 24 hours to play your turn back and forth. I'm fine with that. I can handle that because I'm usually on every night anyway on the Switch. Yep. As of right now, uh, when this recording is, it's uh, $17.99 as opposed to $19.99, so it's a little bit off. Yeah, I need to go I need to go download that. It's a good version, though. I, I'm really impressed with what Monster Couch has done. I was looking at their other apps they've released. I think this is the first time they've done a board game app. I hope they do more. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to try it because I enjoy Wingspan. I love playing with uh, Donna. And it'll be interesting to see sit there because in wingspan you don't have hidden knowledge everything is wide mm. open so i'm kind of curious how the pass and play would work that's the big thing with these games right i mean even if we were playing uh online is i you can toggle to the other person's board and and uh see how it's going so it's way easier if you're sitting there playing at the table because i can easily scan the table and look without having to use a UI to toggle. Now, one thing I do appreciate, I talked about each of the habitats you toggle between screens. There is one mode where it shows the whole player board, a snapshot of the player board so you can see somebody's entire habitat with all the birds they played. But what they do is the bird cards that are shown, you know, they only show the top half or they show the bottom half. You toggle between which parts you want to read. Well, I'm the big thing, like I said, pass and play. Like we've been playing a lot of Sagrada yep. on, on the iPad, it doesn't matter because I can see that there's no hidden knowledge other than the card that you're trying yep. to get extra victory points with. That's the problem with the pass and play version on the Switch. If I'm sitting there with Donna, it says, let Donna take her turn. I need to close my eyes so I don't see what her bonus card is and draft the dice that she needs. Well, in the wingspan, it in the hand of bird cards in your hand, that's hidden oh, knowledge, right? Oh, that's hidden knowledge. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. Mm, okay. And what's funny is you'd say, we well, just don't look at the screen. If the sound is up, when you look at the bird cards in your hand, they make the chirp noise of that particular bird. So after a while, you can learn what the bird calls are and you would know what the cards they have. 
There's a hundred cards in Wingspan. There's 170 cards and they have the whistle or chirp of every bird. Oh, that's hilarious. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. Okay. I'll do I'll download that and put that to thanks to you and Bert. I'm trying to get a copy of um what is it, Immortals Phoenix Rising or something like that. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, again, I, I haven't played it yet. Bert loves it. I have it coming from Amazon because it's on sale for $29.99, but it doesn't come back in stock until next week. And for 2021, you and I, I'm dropping this on you now. I'm going to okay. get it. I'll stop my Skyrim game and you and I can play that and we can talk about it on the show and really bore Immortal people Immortal Phoenix out. Rising? Yeah. So I need to hurry up and try to finish Hyrule Warriors before you get it. Or I'll, I can pause Hyrule Warriors and play Immortal. I can do that. Well, we'll just we'll just work it out. We'll figure this out because I take longer to play games. Let's play 30 minutes and you're constantly on your switch. Yeah. So oh my gosh. So I contacted you last week or a couple of weeks ago when Nintendo sends out how many hours did you play? Yeah. So I thought I'd played a decent amount on my I only played 50 hours total on my switch last year. You, my friend, how many hours did you play on your switch last year? That's 200 plus. Excuse me? What was that? Say it again? I, I don't remember. It was over two. No, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Over 200 hours. Yeah. And you were like, do I need a switch? Do I really need a switch? Dude, you've paid for that switch multiple times. And it was three games. It was Breath of the Wild, Diablo 3, and now Skyrim. That's what's amazing. It's only been three games. Of course, I can't say that because uh, my sons have logged over 300 hours and most of it was Monster uh, Monster Hunter Generations. I thought about getting that, but uh, I, but you haven't told me why I need to. Wait. Wait till Monster Hunter, uh, is it Rises? Monster Hunter, oh my gosh. The new one that comes out in the spring. Mm-hmm. There's a new one coming out that's supposed to be really, really good. One game that's not on the Switch, it's a very old board game that I wish they would do a makeup, but we got to play it again. It's another, once again, when you're playing with family members of advanced years, and that includes you and I, sometimes you got to look for those easy games. And one of those that my um, in-laws love is Quicks. Mm-hmm. And now you like Quicks. I do. You do. It's okay. And I mean, it's a very quick game. It's a quick roll and ride. Yes. That was actually one of the first ones I ever played, a roll and ride I ever played, because this was like four or five years ago. So one of my challenges is if you still have it, did you ever play the opposite sideboard where the colors are all mixed? I did not. That was a whole new level. Mm. And I was like, wow. We were playing that, and Donna immediately fell back in love with this game. She goes, we will never play the old school quicks again. We will only play this. And what was amazing was her 82-year-old father kicked our butt every time. And when we were watching him play, we were sitting there thinking, how in the world is he doing this? Why is he making those moves? That makes no sense to me. Game's over. Who You won again? <laughs> how? How in the world are you doing? And it was because the dice were just so kind to him. Oh, I guess I'm going to need a 12 here to lock this color. 12. Son of a. I'm like, oh, this is unreal. It's, it's funny that you mentioned uh, rolling right. Because again, it's one of those things that I just never really gravitated towards. It was just like it felt too luck based. But uh, last week on Twitter, uh, Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback have, are going to be releasing a brand new rolling right on Kickstarter called Three Sisters. But it's um, like a medium weight 
rolling right. So I went out to the website BGG and looked at it and it's like, okay, this looks really kind of cool. It looks like a resource management thing with dice and stuff. And I reached out to them and, uh, they, they had production, some early prototype copies, and they're going to send us a copy. I know that since nice. you're a fan of, of rolling rights, and, you know, it's pretty much done at that point. Dice and some paper, and, and you got everything. And Matt was like, oh, that's really cool, because I know you guys don't do a lot of Kickstarter previews, and we don't, because we typically like to wait till something comes out. But with a rolling right like this, you figure it's probably be pretty much done anyway, mm-hmm. you know. So we're going to get a copy of that, check out, and see, and uh, maybe Don will like it, who knows. But it is kind of more of a meaty rolling right. Well, didn't Pitchback and Riddle do Fleet, the dice game that I got to get to the table with they you? They did. So it's a follow-up to that. And then you and I will just uh, sit down and play that and talk about that. Even though it's an older one, it's one of, you know, supposedly one of the better or one of the best uh, rolling rights that are out there. Everybody loves Fleet, the dice game. And I'm, I'm excited to get that played and do uh, a review with that. Maybe I can get Donna to do it. I'm excited to get that on the table. And so you're talking about just kind of easy games to knock out on uh, New Year's Eve after it crossed midnight. The first game of the year I played was a game with Vanessa called Fluttering Souls. And this is from Good Games Publishing. They're the uh, the publisher that did Guildmaster. Mm-hmm. So this is a, so you, I'm showing your picture. It's just a little small box. But oh, it's, it's, got, a, it's got butterflies. She loved it. Don't even, you don't even need to tell me anymore. Yeah, it's because Vanessa's name is means butterfly. Uh, but it is a very simple game. And it, and it feels like uh, Truffles from uh, AEG, where when you put the cards out on the table, you make a row and then put a card on top of it that overlays on top. And then you keep making multiple rows like that, where... You're going to, you're, it's a set collecting thing, but you can only take a card if it's not covering and being covered by another card. So it's all you got to take the top one. And when you do that, it like opens up the two cards behind it because you have two cards and then one card half on one, half on the other. So by picking up that one, it exposes those two others. So there's a little bit of strategy. It's like, well, I know she's trying to collect those sets of those butterflies. So if I pick that one up, that'll allow her to get that. So I don't want to do that. It's a cute little game. It's it's basically each you're going to play rounds. Whoever has the most points at the end of a round gets a butterfly. The first person to get three butterflies uh, is going to win the game. But every time that you play, you have a deck of cards that has you set up the board differently. So every time you play, the the rows and stuff will be set up differently. Some cards are face down, so you don't know what they are till you draft them. Uh, there are, uh, you know, some cards would be like, Hey, if you get two of this card, it's considered a wild card, uh, sort of deal. You can, there's some blocking strategy and stuff like that, but for a quick little 15 minute two player game, fluttering souls, you see it like fits in the palm of my hand, a uh, little simple game, but it was great for being at 1am in the morning. You didn't have to think too hard about it. I'm sorry. I, I got distracted. I'm trying to avoid paying freaking $5. Hold on. Give me a second here. <laughs> Because if I if I screw this up, I'm I'm I just don't have time for it. By the way, we need to do a, a count of who paid out the most next year. Who paid out the most? Oh, yeah. who had the most errors? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll we'll keep a running total as they as they come in. I'll I'll, I'll keep that that up because I, I owe somebody one. Um, from the standpoint of oh my heavens, you've got uh, you know y'all had a mistake here in a pronunciation. And I said fine, I'll give you that, but pronunciations do not count because he said your pronunciation completely changed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I screwed up. Fine, I, I'll own up to screwing up, but. So with Rebecca being here, one of the things she loves is Disney. She and I would watch a ton of Disney, and I know your boys, they weren't into all the Disney movies, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to ask you, did you see Souls? I did. Okay. So we finished watching that, and then I brought out, uh, she was here with her boyfriend, and then Donna and I, and I brought out from Big Potato, 
Disney version of Color Brain and Disney version of Sketchy Tales. Okay. Sketchy Tales is a lot of like telestrations. Okay. Yep. And basically you're given a Disney character and an action that they are doing. For instance, Pooh floating with balloons and you have to draw it, pass it. The next person then writes what they think it is, passes it. Then the next person gets to draw what that person wrote. And then when it gets back to the, to the person who started it, and this is everybody's passing card. So everybody's got, uh, got a character and a uh, action. Then you get to award points based on what your favorite drawing is. And mm-hmm. that's, and you're just, so it's an apples to apples thing. You understand right. what I'm saying? That one, I mean, other than our poor drawing, that one didn't hit home as much as color brain. Color brain is that you've got, it can play it in teams or in individuals, but you have a palette of cards, 11 colors. And when you flip over a Disney card, it's going to ask you the question. I and mean, I think I've talked about this on the show, but we finally got to sit down and really play it. I think you actually showed me this, but keep going. You're right. I think I did. And basically you turn it over and like, what was the color of inside of Cruella DeVille's coat? Yes. You did show me that. Yep. Yeah. Or there's five colors on the Incredibles uniform. What are they? And you have these 11 color palettes. Now my daughter, as I've already pointed out, is very competitive. And her boyfriend said, well, I just, you know, I just don't know a lot of Disney. And so we're playing. He won twice and i've never seen my daughter so mad Ooh, he she got beat at her own game because she knows her disney and he Mm. won because for every wrong answer you get a point and somehow he got all the colors on mrs teapot from beauty and the beast i missed rebecca missed and donna missed he got three points which gave him the victory and he goes I don't know. I just guessed a bunch of colors. I knew it was going to be white and purple and this and that and that. And hey, I, I just won it. Man. But that, for, for if you, Color Brain and Disney Color Brain, that was a great game. We enjoyed mm-hmm. it. We had a lot of fun with it, trying to remember. And it's like the three colors of the fairies from um, Sleeping Beauty. What are the colors of their dresses? And we were like, holy cow. I've seen it. I've seen it. I know it. Or, hey, what is the color of the, Lightning Bolt on Lightning McQueen from Card. I, was, I would suck at this big time. I'd be guessing all the time. I think they have a, a regular version of this. So from that standpoint, you can suck at that one too. Yeah, that's true. But no, I like the concept of it. I, just, I mean, if it was like, you know, you know, sports uniforms, I have a better chance. No, I, I wouldn't want to play Adam in that. My son Adam is really into sports uniforms and he follows sportslogos.net and he keeps up with like people change their logos and uniform. He's really into that for some reason. So like uh, the, the regular color brain, they've got an example of it on BGG, the color of the lid on a jar of Marmite. I have no idea what that is. I have no idea what that is, but this it's a something from, uh, I think it's uh Cross the seas, so you and I wouldn't know what it is. Be like, well, what's the color of Vegemite? I got no clue. You could eat a Vegemite sandwich, like men at work said. Yes, you could. What else? Anything else over Christmas since I didn't get to see you? Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the big games that just came out from AEG, or is coming out from AEG, is Cubitos, C-U-B-I-T-O-S, and this is from designer uh, John D. Claire, and we've talked about a lot of his games in the past, such as uh, Mystic Veil. Vale. Ecos, First Continent, and probably my favorite game from him, Space Base. So he's the designer of all the, I love that 
dice game. This too is a dice game. And what immediately drew me to it was by reading the rules, I thought this kind of sounds like dice masters or warriors, but there's no victory points. Instead, this is just a race. Remember like New York Zoo, it's like, okay, I get this. This is easy to teach. This is even easier than New York Zoo because it's like strictly a race. You have a marker on a on a board and you're trying to move them around the track. First person to finish the finish line wins. But it's like couriers and dice masters in that it's a dice builder. So you start out with nine basic dice. And these dice have like values on them, like one or two, which is gold that you can spend or little footprints that says how many spaces that you can move on your turn. And you have a little player board and you have your draw pool on the left side. And when the game starts, you can draw up to nine dice. Well, your starting dice is nine. So you'll take all of them and roll them. And then you'll take any non-blank dice and move them to your active zone. This game has a push your luck element. At that point, you can take all the dice that were blank and roll them again. Mm -hmm. But here's the catch. If you have three or more dice in your active zone, ones that do have something showing on them, and you roll again and they're all blank again, that's it. You've wiped out all the dice. All those dice in your active zone are now discarded and you don't get anything. So there's a penalty to the push your luck. If you only have two dice that show sides, perfect. Keep rolling because the rule is you have to have three or more before you bust. It's calling mm-hmm. bust. So there's a little bit of a push your luck. But once you have the dice, you, you say, and do, if people do this simultaneously. I like this too. So you're not waiting on everybody else. You're just doing your turn and then you stop. And then everybody says, okay, let's go to the run mode. And that's where you resolve the dice. So first you look at some dice have swords on them where there's some special abilities that you can do. I'll talk about the different dice in a second. But then you basically count the number of feet print that you have and start moving along the track. Trying to get around the track. And there's four different tracks. Some have obstacles. And sometimes when you land on a certain area, maybe it gives you a couple credits that you can use. It has a culling mechanic where those starter dice you can use just to get rid of a dice out of your bag. So you ain't got to use it anymore. And then uh, any gold that you have showing, that's when you're going to go to the market. So there's eight different color dice and each of them have a special ability. Now, this is like warriors and Dice Masters. So there's red dice, blue dice, green dice. With each of those associated dice, there's like seven different types of cards that's, that's associated with that dice. At the beginning of the game, you put deal out one of those cards, each of those dice. So the abilities of those dice change every game much like Quarriers. You're using the same dice every game, but what they do is different depending on which card that you use. And in the rule book, there's a setup for your first game. Use these eight cards. Hey, if you want to do a more combo type game, use these eight cards. So then you spend your gold to buy die, put it in your discard pile. And then it's like a regular deck building game at that point. When you're out of draw dice, you take all your discards and put them back in the draw. And basically you keep going around and around until somebody crosses the finish line and the game is over. Okay. My entire family liked it because it moved quick. You play in like 30 minutes. Uh, You could do some really cool things with the combos and stuff. It's funny to watch somebody else going, you know, man, if I could just, I've got that one die that has a real special ability on it. I'm going to risk it and roll. And if they're, you know, I just rolled seven blanks. Can you believe this? And then you lose everything sort of deal. Mm -hmm. But what's cool is there's two catch-up mechanics. If you bust, there's a fan track. F-A-N track to where you can move your mark around the fan track. The higher you go, you get free stuff. Like maybe you get credits or gold that you can spend the next turn or it increases your 
draw size. It starts at nine, but maybe next time you can draw 10 or 11. There's also what I call the, the blue turtle from Mario Kart. If somebody's, <laughs> if somebody's way out ahead of you in the lead, on the track, there's these red markers along the track. You count the distance between you and the person in front of you. Count the number of red lines between you. You get to draw that many additional dice at the start of your turn. So if you're way back in the back, there is a little bit of a catch-up mechanic. So that makes it nice, too, if the dice isn't being... If aren't being nice to you or stuff, you'll get to roll more dice each turn than the previous than the person that's in the lead. But doesn't that also increase your chances of all blanks? No, it should increase your chances of less blanks because you're rolling more dice. So hopefully less of them will be blank. So each die either has two or three, I'm sorry, either three or four blank sides. And then your first initial roll, you can't bust. It's mm-hmm. only when you get three or more dice in your active zone before okay. you can even bust at all. So if I'm rolling a handful of dice and I get like five that are active, I may just stop there and go, I'm not rolling anymore. That was a good roll. Well, it sounds fun. I mean, you know Mm -hmm. me, I love my dice and I know, I know Vanessa loves her Ameritrash over there. She loves her dice. I don't know. That's really Ameritrash because there's a little bit of strategy on which dice that you draft. And if you can get some nice little combos, but there is one knock I have on the game. When you get it, you have to put together these little boxes and they make little cubes to store your dice in. So there's eight different boxes for each of the cubes and or each of the dice. And there's other cubes for like holding some tokens and stuff. These boxes are kind of flimsy. They're, they're kind of thin and they, they're easy to smash and you got to be careful with them. But there's also, I, I think they were trying to be cute and that the bottom of the box, the, when you fold the flap in to make the bottom of the box, it has like a couple extra bends in it to where the bottom of the box is concave and the purpose of that is you take the box, the storage box, turn it upside down, and it becomes the dice holder. Mm. So the concave box now is holding the dice that you draw from. Again, kind of great idea, but I honestly think that after six, seven plays of this, of opening the lid, putting the dice away, flipping it over, the, the bottom can easily smash in. I, I wish they would have put a little bit more into it to give plastic Mm-hmm. containers because I think it would have been a much better game and it may have been cost because I'm looking at uh miniature market right now. You can pre-order this for $48. The MSRP is 60. Those custom dice are expensive. I totally get that. Yeah. So they probably had to, well, we can't do custom plastic boxes. Let's just go with the cardboard. I just wish they could have done something different. And to be honest with you in the future, I probably will just use like little, uh, like the little uh, gamer trays mm-hmm. token holders. That would be perfect for this. I mm-hmm. wish they had done something with gamer trays just to make those little holders, and that would have been absolutely perfect. And while you're at Miniature Market, be sure to search for gamer trays. That's at miniaturemarket.com. <laughs> so that was kind of the big game that we got to play. Again, we all enjoyed it. It was a fun, tight racing game. Travis was like, and it was fourth out of five of us, and he ends up just running right by us because. He bought some cool dice at the end of the game. He saved up his money, got the big boys, and was able to run around the track and finish the game. So it's a solid little racing game. John D. Clare comes out with some great games. Well, I was going to mention a game that Don and I got to play, but I think I'm going to hold off on that. It's Glasgow. Oh, okay. I want to hear about that. No, because you're going to okay. play it. Because it's an engine builder. And the reason why I, I, I wanted to, I was going to talk about it is because we've had it a while and it's a two player game. But I really would like to get your take on it. So let's, okay. let's table this one because it has an interesting engine builder. But I will tell you this 
one of the things about this game is it has a mechanic about player turns that I enjoy where kind of like patchwork where, you know, you take your turn and you move so far around on the clock dial mm-hmm. and the person then takes their next turn. And if they don't pass you, they get to go again. Yep. That's a plus for me in this game. Uh, number two, it's an engine builder. That's a plus. I know you enjoy your engine builders. And second, I'm not having to put stupid little Tetris pieces together. The, but this is a Rosenberg game, right? Uh, this is, hold on. You, you asked me this question and I've got a Mandalello Fernando Grandin. Okay. You have it spelled wrong in the show notes, so I can't look it up. How you spell it? It's with a G, not a C. Glass gal, not glass cow. There's the problem. <laughs> glass road. That was, that's what I was glass, thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is from Lookout Games. I've seen this before. Yeah, this looks cool. Yeah, so a 30-minute game, you and I, um, we'll get to it uh, when we get it together this coming week, yeah. which will now be in the f- past, and we'll get it. It's just 30 minutes. I, uh, I've gone over the rules multiple times, so the teach should be fairly easy. Yeah, so Glass Road was Rosenberg, so that's what I was thinking of. Okay, mm. awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, everybody, I don't know about y'all, but I got to take a bathroom break here, so Marty's going to do a commercial, and we'll be right back. Well, I'll be right back with you. It's a brand new year, and every year I get so excited in January because Portal Games has their Portal Con. Now, typically, this is an in-person event, but because of the situation that's going on right now, this is going to be a virtual con. This is Portal Con that's going to be happening on January 23rd. And I love that morning when I can get up and Ignacy's going to get over on in Poland and start announcing games. And in the past, I've done like a live reaction video to the announcements he's going to uh, make for the games that's going to be coming out this year. He said he has three games that's going to be coming out this year. So I can't wait to hear what they're about. Plus, there's some other games that we know about that he'll probably give some release dates for. Uh, more is going to be coming from what else is going to be going on at PortalCon. I'm sure they have other events besides just the keynote event. Also, he started his informant uh, on his YouTube channel. That's going to be every Monday. It's a live show where he goes and go for an hour, has a, a topic of discussion. Then we'll do some Q&A. And uh, I was on there today and I asked him, I said, hey, uh, Stronghold Undead, uh, what about it? And he just kind of laughed and it was like, yeah, yeah, we uh, maybe they'll be coming out this year. So, so once again, we're, we're sitting around in January hoping that we'll see Stronghold Undead. And if we do... Tony and I will be getting that game to the table and we're probably going to live stream that bad boy. So anyway, keep an eye out for more information on Portal Con and plus any other games are going to be coming out with and some pre-orders are going to be coming out with like Vienna Connection. Keep an eye out that over at portalgamesus.com. And Tony is still not back yet from his pee break and I talked as long as I could about Portal Games. I mean, you know, Ignacio only says, hey, this only needs to be like 45 seconds to a minute long. So I'm just going to keep going. And he's still not back. I mean, he's got his E-win chair. Okay, now he's sitting down. I'm out of breath. I got nothing else to say about Portal Games. That's all right. I hear there's going to be Stronghold Undead in 2021. But I'm uh, holding my breath for that crap. Ah. See, I told you. Not that 2020 wasn't a slap in the face. We decided... Let's take another shot. And so we put out a survey for our listeners to go give us some of their feedback. Tell us what they think. Tell us how much they love us. Tell us what they dislike about us. We were there for it. We were open. 
we're honest. We are not going to hide the truth from you. That's right. <laughs> the survey, the 2020 survey has concluded. And we have the results. Some lucky people got some pretty special prizes, Marty. My box for second place. You said you got the first place box. My second place box is ready to go. The only thing missing, there's going to be some moon pies in it. So when the post office says, is there anything fragile or perishable in this box? No, I can say no. No, just if there's not, <laughs> just just say no on that little terminal. No, there's nothing. It's true. Moon pies don't really perish. They're like Twinkies. That's right. They are. They're absolutely. And I can only find um, the chocolate covered ones at the Walmart or the local grocery store. So guess what? That's what you're getting. That's the classic. So we just answer, ask a few questions this year. And the first question we ask is always one we ask every year because it's important to us. We strive to keep the show under an hour and 30 minutes. So is the length and time good? And every year it's about the same uh, breakdown. 84% said about right. 9% said too short. And it's like, those are the masochist. And then the uh, 6% said uh, too long. And I totally understand that too. Now I will say that uh, the last half last year, Tony, we did tend to run a little bit longer, sometimes 90 minutes pushing two hours, which is why I like this question. Cause there are times when, man, we just got so many great things to talk about. We just get caught up in the moment and we just want to make sure that we're not overstaying our welcome. And it looks like at 84%, we're hanging in there where we should be. I think you filtered some of these answers on me because I know I've stuffed the ballot box there for the too long. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my okay. best. I think, there's a, I think there needs to be a recount. I would strongly suggest that that oh, six percent on two. I never want to hear the word recount again. Go on to the next question. <laughs> oh, what is the most important aspect of the review of a board game? Typical Tony fashion, the number one thing is what is liked, disliked about the game. 94.2%, which is what you'd expect. Most people's like, yeah, did you like it or not? And then one of the things that they don't want to hear about is the artwork, which surprised me. That they, wait a minute, that they don't want to hear about. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. Only 7% said, yeah, artwork, whatever. 33% said they won't hear how it's played. If I can cut Marty down to 33% of how it's played, I will be a happy man. That is fair. When I saw that, I went, holy crap. See, they do want to hear it. I just need to consolidate my rules explanations down by, like you said, two thirds, and then we're there. And I think there's a happy medium between how I explain it and how you explain it. And that's something we're going to work on in 2021, where yep. Tony's is, you're going to roll some dice, you're going to move some players, and you're going to get some victory points. <laughs> Versus Marty's, all right, you're going to pick up these two little white cubes, you're going to take them in your hand, you're going to shake them really hard, and then you're going to keep them on the table as you roll them on the table. You will then look at the results of those dice. You will see what the combination of the numbers are and add them up, verify those numbers. You will then pick up the meeple of your color, not of someone else's <laughs> color. Proceed that meeple to move forward X amount of spaces until you get to the certain point. You will then record and verify your victory points from that. You will do that time and time again until you get to the final roll of the dice, for which then you will total your sum of victory points and the highest number is the winner. Yeah, we're going to go between the two. Well, we'll find something in between. Uh, so the third uh, most important aspect at 23%. And I'm going to say the next two together because at 23 and 20% was quality and components and what you get, what you paid for. So I think that's interesting. And that's very subjective, right? Mm -hmm. So 
For example, we just talked about Kubitos being 60 bucks. I wish the components of that were a little bit better, but then I also know that there's a lot of dice in that game and those had to be expensive to make. And it's very subjective. Some people may say, man, oh, because that's a racing game and that's a game I'm gonna play with my family, 60 bucks is well worth it. Or somebody else will say, man, I, I don't know, I wish those components were a little bit better. I wish it was like 50 bucks, you know, or 40 bucks or something like that. So that's good to know. I wouldn't have thought those had been that high. But that's something we need to try to consider in the future. And again, that's so subjective, Tony. What you may think is a value at 70 bucks, I think is a waste at 70 bucks. Yeah. And the final one was the theme or lack of theme in a game. How important is that when we talk about games? That was around 15, 16%. Once again, another subjective thing. But I think what's, what's interesting is, is like people like don't really care about the theme or lack of theme or the artwork. And that that's good for us to know because unless to me, sometimes the artwork is just so good. I got to mention it, oh, yeah. but it's not what makes a break a, breaks a game for a person. Yeah. And talk about one of our games from last year, a uh, guild master. Mm, yeah. That, that artwork was tremendous. And then value of that game. And you're right. Value is, is subjective. I just paid $40 and for me, value is replayability and enjoyment. Mm -hmm. All right. Where that may not be the case for someone else. So something for us to definitely consider. So next question, are you on the RDT and discord channel? 54% said yes. 46% said no. And it's like, come on, 46%. Come join the discord channel. We're having fun over there. Or from Tony's take, you're okay. Nose. You're not missing a whole <laughs> lot. Cause well, you know, there's just lawnmower talk. There's food talk, there's movie talks, there's YouTube talk. Occasionally there's board game talk. Well, that's perfect for us. That's exactly what we do around here. Yeah. All right. What type of reviews do you find yourself using as you decide on a game? And this is going to lead to a topic that we're going to talk about a little bit later here. And at 83% podcast talking about a game. Interesting. So now can I ask you a question? When you asked this question, did you mean what types of reviews do you find yourself using in general across mm -hmm. the entire community or for, from us? I was asking in, and as you decide to buy a game, where do you, where's your source of information? What do you look to? Then I'm surprised podcasts are number one. I honestly would have thought that the number two answer, which is a 58% video full reviews would have been the number one answer. So I'm kind of shocked that it's, it's podcast by a long shot. Yeah. And I wondered, I was kind of curious about that because it's time. I mean, here, putting on background noise of rolling dice and taking names versus having to sit and concentrate on a video screen, a video review of 25 mm. minutes. That's why Dan King's short little video segments of two minutes, that's, that's right up my alley. Well, that's interesting you say that because then look at what came in third, video saying what they like, dislike. Again, me too, Tony. I like the kind of short, let's just get to the point and I can watch the video, but full video reviews did better than the, the short video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so interesting. But the, the self-serving interest for myself in doing this one was the fact that I wanted to see where you and I need to do some of more content. Yep. Okay. And one of the things, written reviews on BGG, some people will go read those, but they don't pay attention to the ones on Amazon where there are millions of people. Wouldn't you think, though, that publishers would love Amazon reviews on their pages it's just that I think the people that may go use those Amazon reviews wouldn't go out to BGG or watch a video on the game. That's right. They're just looking for, or they may not be looking at a particular game. That's okay. The biggest thing is, you know, they're looking for podcasts. Keep doing what we're doing. That's what I, that's my takeaway. And make a video or two. 
Then make a video or two. So I expect you to do that. Have you ever ordered anything from our sponsors? This is very encouraging. I'm sure our sponsors will love to hear that about 78% of respondents said yes. We've ordered from our sponsors. 22% said no. That's pretty good. So 78% hopefully have taken advantage of Portal Games, Miniature Market, Restoration Games, or Broken Token. That's a good thing because we talk about them almost as long as we talk about a game. <laughs> and then my favorite part, Tony, you just open it up. You just have a blank place that says, all right, just tell us what you want to hear. Well, not, well, not what you want to hear. Just tell us what, what you're thinking. What do you like, dislike? And thank you so much for all the super kind comments. People said so many good things. But Tony, there were a couple of me that, that stuck out. There was a couple comments that said they would love for us to add in some content around war games like coin games. Now, correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. You, you play Twilight Struggle on the iPad, right? I used to, yes. Is that a coin game? No, I think that's defined as something else. I don't know what the definition of a coin game. I thought there was a specific definition. coin, And you got one, isn't um A Cube Libra uh-huh. is for sure one. This is why we don't talk about them because we don't even know what we're talking about. But we're going to find out. The best known coin game from GMT is Twilight Struggle. So there you go. No $5 for the person that was typing right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things where it has to do with the deck of cards, but it's where you're doing that. You're, you're sharing some, some cards. There's some cards that are you, some cards for me, some cards that are for both, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how Twilight Struggle works? Anyway, I just thought it was interesting that a couple of people said, I would love for you guys to check out coin games. And that's actually one on my bucket list. I want to do check out two games at some point in time, coin games and 18XX game. And I have all my military games. I've got, I've got like seven military games that mm-hmm. I am dying to get on the table that I just need to sit down and force myself to go through the rules, mm-hmm. which will bring us to another topic that we're going to talk about later. Just <laughs> uh, uh, We'll kind of bounce back and forth. Do you see a comment that stuck out to you? Uh, other than keep up the good work, maybe y'all should do it weekly. What? Are you, what? Marty can't edit that fast. We can go to 30 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, somebody said, I enjoy rapport. I appreciate the balance of random banner and board game content goodness. I will say at this point, a lot of people said they liked just the random banter. And I think that's interesting because we got nicked a lot years ago for saying, you guys spend too much time at the beginning of a show talking about how to fix your freaking microwave and not talking about games. But a lot of people say, you know what? That's just everyday people having to deal with situations that they're dealing with. And we're just common folk like y'all are. This co- this comment also says, it's also important to me that I can listen to the podcast without headphones around my kids and not be concerned about their little ears. That was one of those things Tony and I always thought too. We want to be family friendly. That's just not us as people. That's It's not right. that important to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think you need to make a point. I can go on to the um, uh, a speech that was said a long time ago about, about that type of stuff in language. It's, it's just not us. You and I, we're, yep. we're too mellow. We're just way too mellow. It's late when we record 7 PM at night. And that's late for you and I. <laughs> Somebody said that, uh, you know, if you watched our strike tournament, uh, you know, that, uh, Christina Roush brought out the Marty dice, mm-hmm. uh, which has my face on one side. Somebody said we need grumpy Tony dice. Maybe that's something we can work on as a giveaway or something. That would be that would be fun to have. We can do. We know the guy who can do that. He did the um, acorn squishies for us. Um, yep. He's done our our mason jars. I think we can make this happen, Bernard. Uh, we just got to get the right caricature for your face. See, there's the problem. 
<laughs> uh, several people have said, hey, I love the interviews with people tangential to games. Now, we've only done two of these, Tony, mm -hmm. but we've got several people say, hey, I enjoy that concept of talking to other people who play games, but you know, they have an, a, other things that they do or they have a job in the industry that we don't know a lot about. So you and I have a list of people and we're going to keep reaching out to and do some more of those interviews in the future in 2021. As long as we get past their spam filters. That's fair. Yeah, you know, that's I fair. Mean, that's one of the things. And one of my favorite comments, and I, this will be my final comment on the survey, is not one lawnmower question. Who wrote this survey? <laughs> You're absolutely right. There was a lot of comments about lawnmowers. I was going to say a lot of people talked about the lawnmower talk, need more lawnmower talk. There was less lawnmower talk this year. Several people said, I love it. The family segments, playing with your wife and kids, I think that's important too. I love when we have our family on to talk about their experiences. We need to have Rebecca on to teach us how to play uh, Ticket to Ride, obviously. Somebody said, uh, after a, a, a long, nice thing, they said, the strongest point, in my opinion, is that you are good friends. We are just eavesdropping in on two friends having a conversation, standing outside after a game night. And we've said it before, the show started because of that. It's like... Why don't we just sit there and record what we're saying because and see if there's anybody that would listen. And for some weird reason, uh, they did for some reason like that. Eight years later. Oh, my gosh. Several people talked about, and I'm paraphrasing, no matter how bleak 2020 was, you guys always made me smile. Several people said, hey, thanks for, you know, being uplifting and stuff like that. I think another thing that we do is we try to be positive. We don't talk about a lot of the crap that's going on because we want to be an escape for people during this 90 minutes that you listen to us to just enjoy listening to two idiots talk to each other. Uh, several people talked about the five-minute initiative, Tony, how they like that. But somebody said, you haven't done a lot of those recently. And it's true. We probably need to go back and try to hit some more of those because you can do a lot more content if you do the five-minute initiatives. And they're, they're pretty short. And then somebody said, go pack. So woo, go pack. Talk about laying an egg during a bowl game. Ugh. You've got one job, one job to kick a field goal. <laughs> one job. <laughs> well, oh, get this, head. dude. So last night, uh, I turned on ESPN2, and it's like, oh, there's a cornhole championship. Yes, you too. And ESPN2, it's like, okay, let's watch. Oh, this is the collegiate one. Oh, my gosh. NC State is in the championship of the cornhole championship. Did you watch this? No, I, I saw it. And I said, I want to watch this. And Donna said, no, let's let's watch one of the Hallmark movies we have recorded. And I said, are you, are you sure? Hallmark versus cornhole. Okay, I got to pick last night. So you get to pick tonight. Do you know how they score in cornhole? Because I did not realize this. I thought it was kind of like uh, uh, horseshoes. So each of you throw four bags. Mm -hmm. You take the difference in points and it's added to your score. So if I throw in seven points, you throw in three, I get four points at the end of the round. Mm -hmm. And then you play 12 rounds. Whoever has the most points wins. Okay. So state uh, went into the ninth round. They were up 12 to two, only four rounds left. <sighs> Auburn all of a sudden like double bags pushes one bag into the hole another one goes in they gain seven points real quick we go to a tiebreaker round the guy from NC State the singles champion was from NC State it was his turn all he had to do was drop it in the hole they said it's called air mailing he missed and we lost that's typical state right there Tony just like <laughs> just kick a field goal it's like just do what you're supposed to do. Put it in the hole. Which brings me back to something that happened over Christmas. I dropped Croken. I didn't drop it. I put Croken Hole on the table <laughs> for my in-laws to play. Mm -hmm. Once again, my 80 plus year old father-in-law, 
my 70 plus year old mother-in-law. That was some of the best fun because it was them. I had my mother-in-law and Rebecca had my father-in-law on Mm -hmm. their team. That was hilarious. But yet, once again, he was amazing. And just being able to put the little disc into the center. I'm sitting there going, he's unconscious. Meanwhile, my mother-in-law was lining up. And I don't know what she was trying to hit, but she would flick it and it would go 45 degrees where I thought she was aiming. It was some of the most fun we had the entire best hundred dollars I spent in 2020. Again, thank you so much for everybody who answered the uh, survey. Again, that got you an entry into the contest. Hopefully it got you something, uh, a prize. As of this recording, uh, we're getting ready to start sending out those uh, winners and stuff to different publishers. They were kind enough to say, hey, we'll ship stuff for you. So you just let us know. So once again, thank you for everybody that answered. It means a lot to us. And I'm sure we'll do it again at the end of uh, 2021. We've already mentioned this. Head over to miniaturemarket.com. Just do it. Don't stop. Thinking about tomorrow. Don't. I'm sorry. Okay. Just head over there. You know there's something you want. You know that there was something that wasn't in your stocking. You know that you are already played all the games you got for Christmas and you need another game in your collection. Head over to miniaturemarket.com. They've got what you need. You know they do. Or they've got the accessories. How are you going to get those games to when game night starts back up? I'm going to tell you how. You're going to get yourself a miniature market game bag. They got three sizes. One will fit your needs. You need to go check it out at miniaturemarket.com. I got something I think we need to discuss here. I think maybe uh, Rodney Smith of Watch It Played is single-handedly ruining the hobby. Okay. <laughs> All right. So next segment. Next um, segment. <laughs> so, I mean, is, is it he's ruined the hobby from the standpoint of his dashingly good looks? So here's the thing. I just had this concept that maybe Rodney Smith is really ruining the hobby. So I threw this out on Twitter today, Tony. I said, all right, look, here's a segment that we're going to be doing. You tell me how you think Rodney Smith is single-handedly ruining the hobby. I was stunned at the amount of responses I got, but some of these were so good. And then after this, I'll explain what I mean by what I said. So one person says, it's the Tom Lond said, it's the fact that he's interspersing his board game content with so much content about geese and too small of shirts. It's hard for other content creators to compete with that sort of madness. That's why he's ruining the hobby. Vitruvian Gaver, every time I give a rules explanation, I get the same response. Sure, it was well explained and clear, but it wasn't Rodney clear. See, he ruins the hobby for the rest of us because he teaches the rules so well. Mm. Ben, our friend Ben says, he makes me discover solo rules on my own. Now that's true. That's absolutely true. Hey, can I get, I want a shirt. I'm going to get a shirt. I'm going to get our um, Emily. Maybe she can design us a a shirt with our squirrel. That uh-huh. says, we discovered this on our own or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Park that. That's hilarious. We got to come back to that. That's, that's hilarious. N-Y-O-B-A-R-I said, our segment will cover the disgraceful banishment of his kids from the basement after making it big with BGG. His kids were paramount in the early years of the channel, but all games played over the holidays were upstairs. 
Why won't he let the kids play at the nice table? That's a good point. Good question. He's got this nice studio. He never lets his kids play down there. Mr. Dig Dug, great name, by the way, Dig Dug. He makes box flipping look too easy. Now, if you ever want to trade any of my games, I have to include pictures of the minor shelfware. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that talked about the, the whole box flipping thing and, and having a, a tough issue with that. <laughs> Steve Main said, I'm fairly certain it will be the sheer volume of plaid he's released on the hobby in recent months that's going to single-handedly ruin the hobby. Uh, Engineer181 said, his efforts to make people play Monopoly using the actual rules versus their time-honored family house rules that makes the game last five hours and end in tears. Yep, he ruined that for us too. Here's the one from Ignacy from Portal Games. Understanding how to play the game by reading a rule book, especially a bad one, is a great deduction solo game added for free mm. to every game. Why would he ruin that solo games with his videos? Why doesn't he respect publishers' effort to add these free mini games? Hashtag asked Rodney. That's a good point. That's a good point, considering how many of his boxes have Watch It Played logos on them. <laughs> So you're saying it's a little hypocritical that he's asking that question. He's part of the problem. I think so. Don't be throwing no shade around here, Ignacy. Geekcroft Gamer says, He ruined it for me as my gaming group require the person who is explaining the rules to wear a plaid shirt and glasses. At Shuckle King said, He's tearing families apart by not giving clear and concise rules explanation like his Star Wars Rebellion video and giving tutorials on divisive games like Monopoly video. Concise rules explanation, Star Wars Rebellion, please. <laughs> Jonathan Howe says, nope, he's not ruining it with single-handedly. He needs both hands for that. The first is just to annoy Marty. So back to the one that we talked about, the person needing the, if you're explaining rules at game night, you need to wear a plaid shirt and glasses. Yes. I think, I think we need to house rule that. Whoever's <laughs> wearing plaid at our gaming nights needs to explain the rules every time. Who has the most plaid in our gaming group? Yeah, Vanessa just got me three new ones for Christmas. Oh. All right. More and one right now, actually. Wolfpacker NC says he is ruining gaming the gaming hobby again by constantly appearing on second rate podcasts. He is propping up bad content creators instead of fostering other better talent. I'm talking about the secret ball, of course, not you. Yeah, we know where you're going. <laughs> okay, this is fair. At N-B-O-S-T-E-R. He is ruining it by whether the ability to correctly spell single-handedly is ruining the game hobby. I spelled it wrong. I said handily and not handedly. And then he continues, but RDN won't talk about that, Willie. Wake up, sheeple. Again, fair. So, so let me get this straight. You put out a Twitter with a misspelling. Yeah. I said, well, if it was the if it was the podcast, I'll give you five bucks. But but it's but it's not. Gene Moore says, I don't think it's fair to say he's single handedly ruining the hobby. He's definitely using both hands. Mm. Eric Lang even chimed in. Designer Eric Lang said, I mean, when we asked the question, how is he single handedly ruining the hobby? Eric said, I mean, how are you going to fill an hour of a podcast time when the honest entirety of the content should just be yes. <laughs> And finally, our friend Burke says, please don't tell us what this is yet, because I like to discover it on my own. Well, too bad, Burke. I'm going to tell you what it is. I was having a conversation the other day about uh, with Tony and stuff about rules videos for games. And does having a rules video affect what game that you may play or buy? And I know for me, Tony, it affects me because let's say you and I and Burke are getting together for a game night. 
and we have like three or four games we want to consider. If I know that there's a video out there from Rodney or John Gets Games or other people who make board game videos, I'm more than likely to potentially pick that one because I can send a link to you guys and say, would you guys mind watching this before we get together? So to give you an idea of what we're going to be playing. I mean, I'm so and I'm making the joke as a single-handed rule in the hobby because there's a lot of games that's not getting played if he doesn't do a video for them. So that was kind of the inside joke. But I think, I know for me, if I see there's a rules video out there, I'm more likely to pick that game to play. Yes, but not to buy. Let's be very clear here. I'm going to buy a game not based on how many videos are done on. I'm going to buy it based on what are the mechanics behind it. If it's a theme that I'm on. The theme that I may enjoy, something that will suck me in, but you're absolutely right. That game will languish in the shelf of shame because I am too lazy to read the rule book. <laughs> so are rules videos making people more lazy? They're making me lazy. Plain and uh. I, I will I will own that a hundred percent, a hundred and fifty percent. I will own that all all day long that I look to the videos to help me understand the game because I know I don't teach them very well. Okay. And, and hopefully whatever I can take away from that, then I will be able to teach to y'all if you don't get to the video games. Um, there are some very well written player aids on BGG that I will mm. always use. And to be fair, Tony, you also make very good flow charts and there's some that I still think you need to publish, but uh, I guess maybe us being uh, the three people that usually get together to play me, you and Bert, we're all engineers. So flow charts are kind of in our blood <laughs> mm -hmm. and a well written out flow chart. I literally, you can take, you know, 10 pages of rules and put them on one sheet of paper with a well written flow chart. Yeah. And I agree. And if I wasn't so lazy, then I would probably produce more of them, but I'm also there now I've got to decipher a rule book and see how it goes. And, and, but three pages of some of these, I, I will never get three page flow charts. You'll be like, where do I, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know where the arrow is pointing. I don't know what that little circle means to go to the next page, but you're right. Back to your original point. Are videos making me lazy? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I won't, I won't play. I well, won't, I won't well, play them. Well, so, so here's the question. And this was kind of a tangent off that. So that's has nothing to do with people who make videos. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's the individual who may get lazy, but is it because you're a visual learner? Because different types of people are different types of learners. So some people learn by reading, some people by writing, some people by hearing, some people by seeing. So are you just saying that you learn by seeing and hearing? So if there's not a video and I punt the question back to you, when you need to learn a game and there is no video, how do you learn the game? How do you teach yourself the game? What do you do? If that's the case, there's really only way, one way, and that's read the rule book at that point. So do you only read the rule book or do you do like I do? I read the rule book by setting up the game and walking through the rules with the game. I didn't know you did that. No, I, I do that. I, I have to do that because as I'm reading this rule book and pages and pages of rules, if they're talking about, well, you need to go to the Fantasy Factory X52 spot on the board, I'm like, if I'm just reading that, I've already lost track of where that is or what that is. Or they talk about a certain component versus if I've set up the game, I've learned the components. Now, the next step is, what am I going to do with those components and how do they work? I may do a quick read, but I'm still not going to learn the rules until I set it up and actually walk through it. But you saying that makes me think that you're a visual learner because you learn by seeing it on the table. 
I would say yes to that question. I'm a visual learner. I, I need to put application to what I'm reading. Okay. I think you and I, going back to college, had the same professor in ECE 305, the... Uh, Grab the shaft! Yeah, him, him. And I can't, I lo- love that professor. But do you remember his thing? And I don't remember if he ever told you this in the class. Do you remember he would come in in the first five minutes of the class? He wrote up everything he was going to talk about on the board. Mm-hmm. Then basically he talked through that entire thing. And we got to the end. If there were still 15 minutes in class, it didn't matter. He was done. And one day he said why he did that, because he wants to match every type of learner in the room. He writes on the board when he gets in so that we can watch him write. He turns and speaks what's on the board so that as he speaks, we write and that we're hearing. And then we go back and learn, not only have you written it down, but we're reading again. So he's trying to hit the the audible, the seeing, the writing, and uh, the the hearing. I, I loved him as a professor because he did, but that always stuck with me. For me, seeing and, and reading is how, how I'm going to learn. So I don't need to set the board up, but I will say that if there's a video out there, and so next question for you, let's say there is a video and there's a rule book. You're going to read the rules first or watch the video. Ooh, depends. That becomes a time issue. Then time doesn't matter. You have a window to do both, which we do first. I always read the rule book first. I'm the opposite. Okay. The reason why I do the video first is I want to overview. I also learn by seeing, not necessarily by hearing what's being told to me. So let's say I'm watching a Rodney or John gets games video and they're speaking the words, but like you, I want to see the pieces move. I want to see what the board looks like. And, you know, when they reference that card, what is that card? It's like, okay, I kind of see the mechanics of what's going on. Now I'm going to open the rule book and read it and I go, oh, okay, I saw that in action. I know how that works. I got it. Mm-hmm. That's how I learn. I may not remember what they said, but I remember what I saw. So for me, the reason why I do rule books and lay out the game and everything is, and I'm not trying to be mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but this is going to come off bad, but Hey, it's 2021. Let's start off banner. I have fallen asleep to more rules videos (laughs) than anything else. And it's not the people. It's, (laughs) it does not interest me. My brain says I'm bored. I need to be acting. I need to be sitting there Mm. watching someone tell me about it. That's why when you go back to college, yeah, Professor Getz was amazing. Getz, that's his name, yes. Yeah, and that's the reason why I'm a power engineer. That and wanting a job in the power industry. Both of those are the, are the two reasons. Grab the shaft, I forgot that. Yeah, um, and he was talking about a motor. People. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was talking about a motor. He was trying to tell us the way currents flow. and, and uh, don't The right-hand rule. It's a different uh, thing. Okay, go ahead. That's another thing. <laughs> so anyway, but that's why I always loved labs, doing labs, yeah. apl- applying them. So from that standpoint, if I'm sitting there watching Rodney and, and John, and they all do an amazing job, Meeple University, all these people, I watch them all. If they've done a video and you tell me I'm going to go watch them just so I can try to find and help us so I can learn quickly. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I hope it speeds up us getting into the game because even when we play at night or play a game and you're reading to me or telling me the rules, I'm still not listening Yeah. until I start playing. That's interesting though. But you said that you're less likely to play a game if there's not a video for it. But then you said that they put you to sleep. So why do you need the video if you're going to, not be paying attention. Well, one of the things is after I've read the rules and I think I have it, 
then I will use their videos to reinforce what I think I know. Oh, and I am the total opposite. I will watch the video because I want kind of a, a 20,000 foot level of how this game works. Then I'll dig into the rules. Okay. Huh. That's interesting how that we're both different that way. I love your concept of, of getting it out and playing it, but man, that's, I guess that's where I'm lazy because it's like, I don't feel like setting this up and going through the motions and everything. I'll play it through in my head. I'm sure I got it, which is why I screw things up. Why that's why everything has a, you know, longest wall uh, mm-hmm. scoring ability because everything should have that. Everything should or longest road or for <laughs> me, you're just going to draw five cards. Is that in the rules? No, but it's in every other game. So trust that it's in this one. Okay, people don't just move mm-hmm. on, just move on. So yeah. but for, for me, they do an incredible service to the hobby. But I do think, like you pointed out, one of the things when you, you asked me about this is I think it does impact those games that may or may that may not make it to the table as frequently as they should or may be overlooked. Rob Orn, Tabletop World. Yep. Mm-hmm. His playthroughs. Enjoy those. I will watch an occasional playthrough, but I'm going through it fast. And so you'll miss various rules. Um, mm-hmm. Marco, he gives me my um, war game reviews. And actually, sometimes I will go to a playthrough video to see if I'm going to like it. I mean, like a prime example the other day. Um, so I got Curious Cargo from Capstone Games, uh, another game that you and I need to sit down. Uh, we're going to play uh, Glasgow next time we get together. But after that, I want to bring Curious Cargo okay. and see what you think of that because I haven't played it yet either. It's also a short game. I watched Rodney's video first because I kind of started reading the rule book and I was like, so you have machines and you're trying to make pipes and stuff move through the trucks. Like, I'm not getting this. So I watched Rodney's video. It's like, oh, I see what he's doing. I see what he's building now. I went back to the rule book. It's like, oh, this makes total sense now. Da, 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 read, read, read. Got it. I'm ready to teach. Hey, Vanessa, you want to play Curious Cargo? She said, is it a year? I went, yes. She went, no. I said, okay, thanks. So that's why I said I got to play with you. <laughs> And when I put up a, a rules video so that I don't have to try to explain it to Donna, she looks at me and she goes, do you want me to take a nap? I'm like, well, I guess we both can. And then we can try to play the game. I don't know. What do you want to do here? Because <laughs> I'm either going to teach it wrong or you're going to take a nap. Which do you really want to do? So I just pick an old Rodney about this saying, hey, you're single-handedly ruining the hobby because you're making people lazy and not wanting to read books like that. And he's went, Marty, why are you going to do that? Because it's going to make me look bad. I said, dude, I'm just, you know, everybody loves you. We're, we're just kidding with you. These rules video, are they're not a crutch. They're a service. Mm-hmm. They're not cutting corners. They're to help you out. And to me, like I said, it's another way for people to be able to learn who don't learn through reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people learn by hearing and some people learn by seeing. It sounds like to me, Tony, you learn by reading and seeing. Reading and doing. And for me, I think um, mine is the same way. Mine is actually seeing and and reading, but I don't need to actually uh, do it. But here's my question to a lot of people that's out there. So, you know, we got Discord channel, we got BGG, Facebook. What kind of learner are you when it comes to board games? You know, you, you have your four senses of hearing, seeing, touching, hearing, seeing, touching. How many senses did you say there were? I guess there's five senses, but you don't smell. You don't learn by smelling. There's only four that you're going to use for a game. One of the first Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast talked about (laughs) that a brand new deck of cards smells like a rainbow. That's true. 
That's true. We need to bring that back. That was a great slogan. Yeah. But so here's the question to everybody out there. You know, how do you learn? Uh, is a video necessary for you? Does it help? Or is that just one of the modes? It's like, I really don't learn that way. I'll learn this way. But anyway, for all those people who do make the videos, thank you so much for all that you do. Like you said, Tony, you mentioned Maple University. They do another great job too, because it takes a lot of time to get all this out there. And it does make our life easier. And like I said, you said it made you lazy. I guess it makes me lazy too, because if I'm standing over here looking at a stack of games, I'm like, Okay, Tony and Bert, here's a link. Go watch this video. We'll all watch the video. That way, when I sit down and actually go through the rules again, everybody will have an idea of how it's played. And what you should have learned, and the biggest takeaway for us, is you need to look at the games that have the most components. I'll flip it over on the back, see Mm -hmm. which ones have the most components. Get those to me, and I will be more than happy to punch it because (laughs) you know I'm going to now. So I just gave away a huge secret for you and you're welcome. That, that's a good point. If there's a bunch of punch boards, they go to you. Got there it. You go. Got there it. you go. Because you know it will be labeled. It'll be set up. I will have already set up a game. I've already done it. So you know that that's been handled and ready to go. That's why whenever we go to gaming, you will always see my games come to you. Boom. They're set up. They're ready to go. That's why. Now, wait a minute. I haven't brought an unpunched game to y'all in quite a while. I know, because you got tired of us making fun of you. That's 100% true, which is why this game down here that we're going to play Wednesday from WizKids Games that still has the shrink on it, I guess I better start punching soon. Oh, look Yeah, it's at a that. sci-fi game. I thought you might be interested in that. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, unless unless we can figure out how to get a lunch in tomorrow, I might could punch that for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Y'all aren't single-handedly ruining the hobby. You're you're actually helping us out. I guess I got to give credit where credit is due, except you're just single-handedly ruining the sales of Star Wars Rebellion. That's probably a fact. That is a fact. Well, as usual, 2021 is come, and we've started out Well, it's not as usual. It's like the first time ever it's happened, actually. Oh, uh, here's a question for you. Is this the start of a new decade for you? You know, technically it is. It is. It really Because there's no year zero. Yeah. And that's the debate that goes on and on and on. But 20 Well, there is no debate. There was no year zero. There was year one. I mean, how would you measure year zero? How would you write that on a check with just a zero? Because zeros weren't invented. There's a whole Seinfeld joke here for the millennium where he was he was a year too early because he was going to celebrate on night um, 2000 when he, sh- when he should have been doing 2001 because that's the new millennium, actually. But we, we party like it's 1999. That's true. Got rest in peace, Prince. Yeah, uh, so. But yes, what was your question? <laughs> Is this a new decade? I mean, well, people usually say the 20s, right? And they say the 20s, they're going to think 20 to 29. Mm-hmm. That's the 20s. But the decade is actually 21 to 30. No, I was just simply saying that we took our holiday break. People thought, dreamed, wish that we didn't come back in 2021. <laughs> but we here. We are coming full force and we are ready to start gaming again. We hope everybody is safe and healthy and you had a good holiday out there. But Marty, I have something that's going to come to you on game night. That's a surprise. I don't want to spoil it for you. Oh, teaser. Yeah. A listener sent me something and it was a very special box and I'm very excited. And I want to thank Dawn for sending that to us. It's not ticking, is it? I've already opened it. I had two... I have my daughter's dogs. One of the dogs is a Bloodhound Lab mix. And when that dog caught a scent of something, mm-hmm. be it a deer or cooking or whatever, you could, she was stubborn. She was hard-headed. 
But every box I brought in during the time, she was always smelling. And there's a whole nother story about how she was able to pick out her present out of an Amazon box, but that's beside the point. Anyway, so I brought this box in. She smelled it, and she did not warn me about anything. Matter of fact, she was kind of inc- very inquisitive, so I knew it wasn't a bomb box. That's mean. I'm sorry. That was that was a no. poor joke. I shouldn't have said that. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. And it sounds like if the dog was interested, then maybe there's edible stuff in there, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. But all I know is that there was 50% for you, 50% for me. Ooh. So Dawn, that was very generous of you. Thank you very much. A great holiday surprise. I'm sorry I haven't posted anything, any pictures of it, but I did not want to spoil it for Marty. So Thursday night, we'll know it and we'll post some stuff on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Absolutely. I, I took my pictures already and she included it for Vanessa as well. So there was something for Donna and something for Vanessa oh, as well. No, I'll tell Vanessa. She'll be excited about that. I know. And then you can just keep teasing her. And then when I forget to bring it, then you can keep teasing. No, it's already in the car. It's ready to go. But Dom, thank you for listening. Thank you for your, for your kindness. It really did make the holidays bright and cheerful, but more than anything, anything it kept us rolling dice and taking names in 2021 we're going to try to do more posts on instagram show some of the pictures of the games that we're playing and some of our activities and we'll try to keep the food down to a minimum so you can check that out over at at dyson names and make sure to check out the links in our blog for our discord channel and follow us on twitch where we're doing a lot more streaming at roll dice take names champions my friends oh my lord and we'll keep on winning strike again (laughs) oh my gosh we are the champions we are the champions no time for dicing the ball cause we are the champions of the world. I bet you'll start pulling for our team now, won't you? See, they ain't got to hear that again. Okay, you know Broken Token has their super nice Gloomhaven insert, right? Did hey, you know- hey. Hey, I yeah. know that because I have one, Marty, and uh-huh. one of my resolutions was put it together and actually put it in the Gloomhaven box so I can play it. Did that happen? Well, it's 2021. It's going to happen. It's a oh, resolution. Okay. okay. Do you not know how resolutions work? Oh, by the way, this is for thebrokentoken.com. <laughs> so the Broken Token has a new one for Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Uh, which is a game that we previewed from Isaac uh, Childress. It's one of those games that's actually available in Target. Again, there's a lot of stuff in that box. That's a beast of a box, and you want to get it organized. So you can go check out Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion Organizer that is available right now from pre-order over at thebrokentoken.com.